Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there, I'm Jake Humphrey and this is the Premier League Tonight podcast. Premier League Tonight is live on BT Sport 1 on Saturdays from 8 o'clock. But if you miss the show for any reason, you can catch up anytime and anywhere on iTunes, Acast and all the best podcast providers. This week I was joined at Vicarage Road after Watford against Arsenal by the one and only Robbie Savage and the king of the two-word match report, Martin Keown and Steve McManaman. Remember, if you want to get involved in the show as one of our fan pundits, then please email btsportfanpundit at gmail.com. Right, here are the best bits from the latest Premier League tonight. Let's just sort of finish off this conversation that we were having about Watford and the penalty incident. It's going to be very interesting, as Martin says, to find out what this panel are made of. Because Robbie's made the point, this isn't a blatant dive in Robbie's book, because there's a tiny bit of contact and the players are rubbing alongside each other there next to each other. Very much so. In in commentary, I didn't think it was a dive. I I thought it wasn't a penalty. But a full speed straight away, even I had to see a couple of replays to see if the left leg did come across and bring him down. In effect, it didn't. But it certainly didn't look like a dive. So it'll be interesting to see if someone stands up. That's why the referee gave a penalty, probably, because it didn't look like a dive. Exactly, But we have the benefit of the replays, and there's not enough contact for him to fall. We've got got replay, of course, slowed right down on on the legs to see if there's a lot of contact. There was certainly contact further up above as well. Whether it was was fair, it was a shoulder to shoulder. So there was a lot of contact to make him go to ground. But um, I think you'd be a, a very brave man to say that was a blatant dive. So I'll be interested to see what the panel do say. I don't think it was a penalty. I think he went down far too easy. But to actually call him a, a diver, therefore a cheat, yeah. um, you know, because we associate cheating and diving with like no contact and people just throwing themselves mm. to the ground. I don't think that was like that, to be very honest. But I certainly don't think it was a penalty. And I think Arsenal were hard done by because it did change the, um, the dynamic of the game. OK, well, Marco Silva has just emerged from the Watford dressing room and he's talking to Des. Let's hear from him. You must be absolutely <laughs> delighted with that comeback in that second half performance, Marco. No, it's true. Very, very good second half. Um, I didn't like the first, really. I think uh, during the first half, I know we play against very, very good team. Uh, a team with a lot of, of individual quality. In one moment, they can uh, solve the problem, they can solve the, the, the match. Uh, but I think we play like we, like we plan, without scare, with confidence, only during 10, 15 minutes. And after we start to, to give for, for our opponent some, some chance for them to, to stay comfortable in the, in the match. After they score in one moment, in one set of pieces, um, I didn't like really and when we considered goals in, in, in that moment. We spoke during the half-time and the first thing I said for, for our boys, uh, we need to play without shy. Uh, when, you go, when you play one game with shy, 
Um, you don't put your plan, you don't play with confidence. I think the our second half we play really, really well, um, but more our attitude. And uh, like you play with, we respect Arsenal. Of course, it's a big team, but you play with with big confidence. Uh, you can change the the result. Um, even after one one, we continue in our way to to try to win the the match. And uh, uh, we got three important points to us, and of course, we, everybody's happy. He's building something special here. It's a shame in many ways that the incident that we've just spent 20 minutes talking about is going to overshadow what was a great performance and another three points for Watford. It feels like they're building something here, doesn't it? Um, yes, it's great to see what they're doing. I actually didn't think it was a great performance. I thought it was a great half an hour. I didn't yeah. think it was a great performance. I thought the first 60 minutes was woeful. I thought they were insipid. Oh, I thought they first were too yeah. And um, until he brought Troy, uh, Troy Deeney on, it was, looked as if it was just going to peter out to a 1-0 quite boring victory for Arsenal. But they went a bit more direct, they went a bit more aggressive. We know his strengths, uh, Troy Deeney, when he came, comes on. He gives the defenders more to think about than just free headers up the field. If Mertesacker won a header, the header bounced there because of the, the pressure Troy Deeney gave him. And I just thought that gave them a lot more impetus further up the field. They played, so it was they a master stroke that he brought him on. Yeah, he, brought, he came on to four, didn't he? I think they wanted to do that, you know, just to, because of what happened against Man City and they wanted to, you know, didn't mm. want to get thumped again. Yeah. Uh, he changed that round, and really, in the end, it, I think the second half it was a case. Look, let's show what we're made of, yeah. and they really did come out. And Arsenal yeah. really couldn't couldn't deal with. It. I think the Welbeck going off was a, a big, yeah. big call for oh, Arsenal, sad, yeah. um, and then really Sanchez and Giroud coming on. They just didn't light the game up. But before the goal, before the the, the, the Troy Deeney uh, and the, certainly the penalty, they had a great great opportunity with Wolby. It was a lovely save from the goalkeeper, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we talk about the the Erzl chance as well that you've already spoken about in in great detail. So. Little things like that just change the makeup of the of the second half in the game eventually. Indeed. Well, uh, there's plenty more football to talk about. It's been a, another cracking day in the Premier League. So let's do just that, starting with the biggest shock of the day. Uh, Palace and Chelsea fans, get in touch right now. Use the hashtag PL tonight because we're going to be talking about your two clubs after this. But first, here's Terence and Rory um, and their story of their day. So here we go, glutton for punishment, <laughs> back to Crystal Palace for another perceived no-hoper I guess um, at least Wilfred Zaha's back today hopefully he can bring some magic that at least gets us a goal can we have a goal this is a very definition of a must-win fixture you know we drop points against City we weren't good enough so we need to bounce back and I think when you've played seven won none scored no goals the last thing in the world you want is Eden Hazard and the champions turning up turns out I don't know what I'm talking about I thought we were gonna smash these today uh, and they were they were far too good for us from the you know, first couple of minutes, it proved that they were so up for it, and we looked lost. I think it's a disgrace that the board have let us get into a situation where we don't have a striker at our manager rate, and we're out of the title race in October. It's a new low for Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> I mean, just when you think you've seen it all with Crystal Palace, um, <laughs> you realise that you haven't. Um, somehow we've found a way to beat Chelsea 2-1 at Selhurst Park here and returning Wilfred Zaha. Brilliant performances from Andros Townsend and James McArthur. I don't even know what else to say. Just that I'm going out on the town now, guys. <laughs> that is what football is about, the isn't Chelsea, it? The Chelsea fan. I've been oh. in a situation where I've made a prediction and at the end of the game, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant there. But, you know, you said about Chelsea with a striker. Tammy Abraham was on loan at Swansea. He's mm. got two goals today. And listen, True. at the start of the season, you'd have said, will Tammy Abraham's be in the Chelsea team? No. You know, obviously, Morata's been brilliant for him, didn't play today. So, 
But can you believe footballer? Oh. Seven, seven. And that raw games, emotion no. at the end. I mean, this is an interesting tweet that we saw from uh, Doc Brown. Um, and he says, uh, many non-Palace fans may not realise it, but losing seven games with no goals and then beating the champions <laughs> is the most Crystal palace thing oh, ever. Yeah. And it, I mean, it is ridiculous. Like Robbie says, <laughs> how, do you, how do you explain that to anyone? Well, I think, I think just well, sorry, Matt, I was just saying about Zahar. You know, how long have they been waiting for him? Mm-hmm. He came back as if he hadn't been away. Yeah. You know, the, that spark, Townsend played an awful lot better yeah. today. We saw clips of it during the afternoon. And then Roy Hodgson, everybody coming for him saying, well, look, should he be sacked now? Because we're in eight games. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't scored a goal. Yeah. And boy, I mean, he, he's turned, he'll be enjoying that tonight. And they're only four points now from yeah. safety. Which is remarkable. See, Frank Lampard that. said on this very show last week, he thinks they're gone. And I turned to Stephen and Rio and said, agree or disagree? They both agreed. Mm. Yeah. Suddenly, when you look at the fact they've beaten Chelsea <laughs> and they're only four points from safety, it, it feels so different all of a sudden. Oh, they've, had, they've had a terrible run of games, haven't they? But their performances have been, have re- have been really bad. But, you know, today is why, <laughs> why, why we love it so yeah, much, isn't yeah. it? You know, before the game, Chelsea, banker, banker uh, away win. But, of course, when you go... Uh, Two and away grounds across uh, across London. It's always going to be difficult. Every away game is always hard. We know the atmosphere. The Palace is always electric. It's always bouncing. Zahar was back and was 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 excellent. Townsend was back and they caused Chelsea infinite problems. And then yeah. throw throw the fact that Chelsea are really short up front. Yeah, really short up front. Is it um, is a huge Pedro, problem for Pedro the champions? Pedro sat on the bench. You look at Conte now. He's suddenly last year couldn't get anything wrong. Yeah. Now I think these little subtle changes when people aren't, you know, the first team players aren't available, he's not getting it right. So you know what? Now when people say like Manchester United have played nobody with exception today, Liverpool, they've only played so many teams. Every game in the Premier League is difficult, and today proves that. And when you've got when you're missing a couple of players, Morata, Kante, and things like that, you would never think Chelsea. You would never yeah. ever have thought that Chelsea have left themselves short. I'm absolutely amazed that a couple of injuries in, and they look um, they look like. You know, a, a ghost side of, of they Wait, were look, last year. They're big and strong and powerful Chelsea's, last year. They're not. Where's Chelsea's title defence now? They're nine points by Man City. Is it over? I mean, well, I, I would say it's over. Yeah. 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 Well, the, yeah. Already Man after eight games. I didn't, I didn't fancy them to win the league anyway. No. I, I, Such is the excellence. Come the end of the transfer of, window. Of so it's not surprising me, no. Ex- they're so excellent, City now. They're, they're, and we talk about being ruthless on a football pitch. Yeah. And we talk, yeah but before City the beginning play. of the season, or certainly at, at the end of the transfer window, would you say. Hand on heart that Chelsea were your favourites to win the no. league. I don't think anybody chose them, so no. that's, what, that's what we all thought about yeah. it. Why did they let Matic go? Well, no, Costa, of course, were yeah. that out. But they're weaker this year than they were very obviously yeah, weaker. Yeah, obviously weaker, yeah. During the transfer. It's interesting. You know, it's not about how Chelsea do, is it? It's like you don't see Manchester City dropping those nine points over Chelsea. It just no, I, I, didn't, didn't City win the first ten games of the season last year? Yeah. You know, so In all competition, let's first see. five games. Yeah, Chelsea, have to, Chelsea can't lose any more games. If to, you know, they only lost three, I think, last yeah, year yeah, yeah. in their championship uh, victory. Uh, the champion, didn't they? So they've lost three already this year. So, I mean, that can't, you know, shows you instantly what the, what they're fighting against. And then throw in the fact that they're going to have to travel in the Champions League as well. Makes it doubly as hard. We've got some great social media actually uh, coming into us. Uh, Colin Williams says, incredible performance from Palace. Extreme lows and highs, but that's what this club is all about. Uh, Katie underscore CPFC. There are no words to describe that. The pride and passion was back and the atmosphere was unbelievable. Uh, Dan's had a good day. He says, I've got a nipper on the way. Boy or girl, Wilfred Zaha Cooper has a definite ring to it, don't you think? Uh, so there you go. That's the decision. <laughs> Poor child gets a little girl called Wilfred, but it was a good result. Um, th- there was a moment last week after they, they lost the game where people started talking about the Derby team that you played in and are they going to have right, this point to break the record? 
But were there moments like this in that in that season after you joined Derby where you sort of felt actually we've had a we've had a result and we're gonna we're gonna kick on? We never got a result. It never happened. I didn't, ever. I didn't win one game when I went there from January onwards. But when you look at that Crystal Palace side, you look at Benteke. Mm. I know he's injured. Yeah. Zaha. Yeah, you look yeah. at Townsend. You look at Kabai. You look at these type of yeah. players. That Derby side, we had no the no match winners. We had no energy. We were. I'm not going to swear, we were shocking. Absolutely yeah. shocking. You can even see in training. You got me worried for a second. You huh? can even see in training, it was just all the energy, enthusiasm had been taken yeah. out of the lads. But you see that Crystal Palace team, you think, well, he could score a goal. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. I, I think no, we, must, we must look at Roy, and it, this is just there's a start, perhaps, of turning it round. I mean, he was in a situation at Fulham yeah. where they were 2-0 down against Man City, somehow come back to win 3-2 and stayed up many years ago. He's been there before. Yeah. And all he does, he doesn't look at the results, he just works with his team, yeah. with the ball, without the ball, and, and they, the improvement comes. If you work hard, your players don't concentrate, they don't look at the results and the fixtures and they start getting the calculators out to see how many points they can get. Just look, work towards yeah. the weekend. And that has been a great... I think you have to realise as well... You know, they brought a few players in late, certainly Sacco. I know he was on loan here last year, but he came in late in the transfer window. You know, there's only been yeah. you know, a month and we've had, trans uh, we've had the international break as well. So they'll get better now and hopefully this is the catalyst to move forward. Very good. OK, uh, I think I spy someone in the back of the studio, Troy Deeney. Uh, how are you feeling? And that was a nice little 30-minute cameo, wasn't it? Yeah, not something I want to get used to, though. No. I'm, uh, <laughs> used to, I want to be playing. But, um, no, the gaffer made his decision. He tried to expose uh, Mertesacco with Andre's pace and... You know, then he put me on towards the end and let the big battering ram do his job and did all right for a change. So, yeah, I just want to be back and back in the gym tomorrow, get ready for a big week to try and prove that I can start next week. Yeah, tell us how tricky it is when you're, you're the leader at a football club and you have been the leader here for a number of seasons. It's clear today how much they love you. How difficult is it when you are not leading on the pitch? You, know what, you have to put your selfishness to, the, to, to one side because yeah. I'm the leader because I don't, let my own ego get bigger than the team. So um, we just spoke off air about certain players for Arsenal that I think could do with that. Because I don't think I'm better or I deserve a place just because I've been here for X amount of years. you still got to earn it. And um, there's a transfer window every six months, so I should have to prove myself every six months, yeah. otherwise I'll be out. So the club's moving forward, I can't stand still, and that's what I want to do. There's a big, big debate about the penalty today, Troy. Mm -hmm. And I said, if I was on in a Watford shirt today, if I was a midfield and I'd see my centre forward who went up front at the time mm -hmm. to play alongside you was going into the box at pace and there was a minimal contact, I'm saying to him as a midfield player, go down. Mm -hmm. we've, so had, we've, had, we've had a lot of um, decisions this season that have gone where he should have gone down and he hasn't. I think personally, full speed, I thought it was a foul. And I think if it was the other end, gives it and no one says a word. Yeah. No one says, well, we've had two against Man City that we should have had in the first half, weren't given. No one says anything because it's little old Watford against the big boys. But if it's the other way around and we, we were winning, and let's just say Man City or Arsenal in this case, end up losing the game. I've heard Wenger's already started blaming that's the reason they lost. Well, I'm not going to be one to tell Mr Wenger about himself, but there's a reason they lost and it wasn't because of one penalty. What do you think it was? Um, I have to watch what I say on leave, but yeah. having a bit of... <laughs> Cajones, I think the word is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, having a bit of nuts. I think you can get away with that. Yeah, yeah having a bit of nuts. Just having a bit of... Whenever I play Arsenal, and this is just a personal... Yeah. Whenever I play against Arsenal, I'll go up and I think, let me whack the first one and let's see who wants it. Yeah. And I come on today, I jumped up with Mertesacker. I didn't even have to jump, actually. Nod it down, the crowd gets up. Yeah, we've got someone who can win it. And they all just backed off. So for me as a player, that, I just go, huh. 
happy days because that's my strength. So if you're going to let me do my strength against you, you're going to have a tough afternoon. Well, I hope the you Arsenal, must hate I to hope, hear that, though. Well, you I must listen, hate to I, hear I hope that. the Arsenal players are listening because I'll tell you, if I, my, my blood would be boiling if I was yeah. hearing that because the one thing I have to, I have to guarantee is that I'm up for a battle mm -hmm. and I'm going to take, be confrontational. And I have to... You've got to repel that, that kind of attitude from opposition because that's what happens mm -hmm. and that's how Watford got back into this game mm -hmm. today and that was a given for the team that I played in and if it's missing from the current group Wenger has to seriously examine that and you wonder whether that's ever really been replaced that element of the game because you look at the types of the Vieiras and people very physically yep. strong and it's okay have they gone too technical did was watching that's, Barcelona on a Sunday night with his mm -hmm. dinner on his lap watching was that this was that the pinnacle for him and it went too technical because Arsenal had gone away I thought that the start 11 yeah. was quite a strong 11, yeah. but when Welbeck went off, they lost some of that industry. I, I just think personally, there's, um, there's an element of that's the equaliser for me, personally. I know I'm not technically gifted like they are, I'm not as quick, I'm not, but that's, if you want to fight with me, I'm going to beat you all day. Mm. So if you want to come into my world and do that, you can do that, but you've got to be at a level that your excellence of keeping the ball, being faster, getting in right positions are all... 10 out of 10s, because my equaliser is I'm big, I'm strong, I do all the ugly stuff you don't want to do, and I'm going to make it horrible for you. And in the end, that won out, because yeah. Arsenal didn't pass the ball well enough, they didn't create mm -hmm. enough, and they had the chances to finish the game off, but didn't have the quality. Yeah. Or the ruthlessness, I heard you say that before I came in. If I think you touched on Man City, but I don't think there's many teams, the top teams, the elite teams, that would have the chance that Ozil had, and be so naive and just nonchalant with it. You mean nonchalant with his reaction to missing it? No, we've, we've the finish. Yeah. You've got. I'm I'm an old school Arsenal. I love watching Arsenal. My son's an Arsenal fan, so Wrighty don't miss those. No. Yeah. Thierry don't miss those. Even Petit, Vieira, Merce, they go through. They're it's ruthless. Not a lack of talent. So what is no, it? It's ruthless because I I think this is what I'm, it starts from behind them. I think if they would have missed it when any of you boys were playing, you'd be like, hey, finish that. Mm. It's a mentality. He missed though, missed it and it was like, oh, we'll get another one. Unfortunately, this is the Premier League now and everyone's catching up and you don't get another one. I think, I think Martin's right with Bellerin. The reaction, even if there's hardly <laughs> that, any that, contact there, I'd, if I'd have been Bellerin then, I might, I'm sure, we'd have been, and Troy, we'd have been going up to the referee and I got a yellow card off the referee because mm -hmm. for, for my anger, I'm saying I didn't touch him, ref, although there was minimal contact, it I, went down too easy, does but it start, I'd be going mad. Does it start with a niceness? You know, I remember George Graham saying to me when I first came to the club, you're too nice. You need, you, I know we don't want people to get around referees, but you, know, you, you have to compete for mm -hmm. every single decision, every tackle, you scrap for everything. And it seemed that Bellerin was a little bit too accepting of that. I'd have gone it's, the, it's the fine margins, isn't it? We speak about the 1% in football. But if your opponent knows and you're telling us, you know, we, if you know this, the rest of the Premier League know it, yeah, you keep you working hard, you'll, you'll overcome Arsenal because they're not able to fight for long enough. Look at the, look at the losses, I've worked for the loss of Stoke as well, already away this year. So that shows that, that these so-called people that look at us as the lesser team, but we're looking at Arsenal now that we can beat you. We don't go what, there with that aura, that fear anymore. What was Marco Silva's message ahead of this game, both in the week and in the dressing room before? Obviously, we changed formation, so he's trying to get the tactical side yeah. over it. At half-time, to be fair to him, he, he, he let the boys have it. He wasn't happy at all. We showed him too much respect to try to out-football Arsenal. And it goes back to what I said, the equaliser is, that's not... They're always going to be better than us at that yeah. for the next foreseeable future. So we need to go and get in their faces, play to our strengths, get Richarlison the ball, let him get at people. He's good, isn't he? He's a good player, but when you've got someone with speed running at you, that's the defender. How good ball. is he? I, I was really I, impressed. I think he can do whatever he wants, but we have to be careful. He's 19. 
is a young baby. He's already been playing since the start of January, I think, in uh, in Brazil. So he's a baby. So if you look at the first 60 minutes, he wasn't quite at his normal high standards. But you've got to expect that. I'd say he's 19. You know, obviously, you're, you're a current player, as we can see. And because the game's so fast now, you know, where is the line? Because we've had a big debate in here. Was it a dive? Or oh, you're was still it talking about the penalty. Because, yeah, yeah. because I'm interested. Because, Robbie is no, not moving no, on yeah. from this <laughs> topic. Because Troy's a centre-forward. Mm -hmm. And where is the line as a centre-forward when you're sprinting to the box at full mm -hmm. pelt like Richarlison was? Where is, the, where is the line for you in your eyes to think, he's touched me there, I'm going to go over? I'm the wrong person. I'm, I'm a big boy. It hurts me to go down. So um, yeah. I've, I've had numerous occasions where I thought I've been bundled to the ground. There was one in the, in, in the second half when uh, Mertesack has come clean over the top of me. Now, I don't get those decisions, but the, the little whippets who get the little touches, they're the ones who go down and it only takes a little touch to go down. And I'm not having it to dive. I know the kid is. I'm not having it to dive. I'm, I'm sorry. Tell us what he's like behind the scenes. Do you put your arm around him? Do you spend time with him? Yeah, you try to. Obviously, he's trying to learn the language. Yeah. Obviously, culture shock, moving from Brazil to, to, to London. Attitude? Great kid. Spot on. Wants to work. Loves the physical side of it. That was the, the only fear for me when he come in. You, you, you tend to put the Brazilian boys as a flary and not really up, to the, up for the fight. But he's the first, first thing he come on against uh, Liverpool. He went in 50-50 with Henderson and then jumped up for a header with Lovren. I thought, he'll do for me yeah. straight away. And that, he's just, well, he went down here, didn't he? We thought, we thought he dislocated his wrist early in the game. And we thought that might affect him, but he's, he's back up and back. I think there was a goal against Bournemouth as well, early in the season. Yeah, he gets across the front post, yeah, throws himself. The problem will be trying to keep hold of him because the way that he moves, you wouldn't yeah. want to talk about that, but he, the way he moves, are like, he reminded me of an Anelka. Yes, because he just yeah. he gallops and he just he takes players on. He's asking questions and he wants to score goals. Yeah, and every time he gets it, he's going that way. He's mm. he's driving the team fifty yards up the pitch, and I think that's that's massive for any squad to have a player of that that ilk. You look at Crystal Palace; they've got Will Sahara who can do that, and it, it's massive when they come back into the team. Yeah. We should do it with or You might have him sold before you know it. Uh, there's loads of questions coming in for you. Ben Trant, thanks for all your messages, says, is Troy Deeney the most well-spoken player I've ever seen? Uh, loving Premier League tonight. Uh, Curtis Hobart, an honest Premier League player. I love that. Uh, Troy Deeney is going hard on Arsenal tonight, says Manish Pandey. And Ken says, wow, Troy Deeney with some home truths for Arsenal right there. Uh, Nate says he played 30 minutes, got a goal, got man of the match, then stayed on the pitch to celebrate with the fans. I love that by, by Deeney. He's a class act. Uh, a question here from, from Matt. What are Watford's targets for this season? How far can they go? And Ryan, at the same time, not that they want to put pressure on you, can, mm -hmm. what, can Watford finish top six, they're asking this season? Uh, <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah. Uh, have you, have no. you discussed it? No, we don't discuss it. I'm not going to. I'm not the cliche person who says we look at each game and do that. But that's what, at this moment of the season, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah. to target that. But I think we can finish top ten. I'm very confident in saying that. I look at the squad we've got. I look at the players we've got to come off the bench. Obviously, you had myself, uh, Carrillo, Capu coming off the bench today. You had Ben Watson, and Will Hughes not even in the squad. We've got a massive, massive quality within our team. We were surprised by Will not even involved, do we? It's, that's just look at the competition. Who, who are you going to take out? So he knows his job is to, to, to keep working. Mm. And he's still a young boy as well. So we, there's a lot there to work with. But now it's the, the midfielders of now are not little players anymore. You've got to be robust. You've got to be athletic. You've got to be able to do everything. You can't just be a really good player, which he is. But you have to have Troy, has, has things changed much on the training ground with this, yeah. this manager? What would you, how good is he? Because a lot of people are saying big things about the manager. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive fan of him, massive fan. Not just with what's on the pitch, but the way he carries himself. Sets a standard and literally last season, everyone knows it was a bit um, 
Unorthodox is the word I'll use. Um, but yeah, it was it was worked, worked great. And obviously, you come in at pre-season, and some people can go right. This is the standard I want to get to, but because yeah. you've had this so bad, we'll get to here. We'll wait. He just went. This is what it is. I think we lost three people for injury in the first week. It's like, don't worry, you're gonna have to catch up. Mm. Bosh, bosh, bosh. Everyone gets to this level. A few people got left behind, and the, the squad. You've had seven on. managers in, in three in years. Two, I'm about to say two years, and it? it's like three that. years. So three. You, you want that stability? You need that stability now. Yeah, we do. But also, I think. If he keeps doing what he's doing, you know, people are going to start asking questions and you can't, can't begrudge him to, to move if he's got a better offer. I'm not one of the people that say you should be blindly loyal to football because football's not loyal to, to footballers. So it is what it is in terms of people coming and people going. And there's been so much talk about what's changed at Watford. Just mm. tangibly give us the answer on a day-to-day -day level as a player here. What is different now to last... I mean, we came here and the atmosphere was not good under Mazzari yeah. last season. It was toxic. So... What's changed for you, though, on a day-to-day? -day? The, the, clear, the, the clearest one is you've got a manager that you can understand from a fan's perspective. Yeah. If he speaks English and he can, he's saying, this is what we're trying to do, this, it's very simple. Keep things simple, keep things clear. And the players have responded to him, the fans have responded to him, and obviously results always help. First game of the season, we get a 3-3 draw with Liverpool, last-minute equaliser, great. Go away, win two on the bounce away for a moment, FX Roses. So now he's giving himself time. And now it's a case of just keep building on that. And I think, I think when fans can see that everyone's giving their, their all for the shirt, that's, that's the minimum requirement. And how have you played it so far not being in? Have you, have you pulled the manager aside? Have you gone in his office? Have you asked for a chat? How, how do you deal with it? I haven't had to. Honestly, again, he's yeah. told me um, I was rushing back for the Liverpool game. Obviously, I had an operation in the summer. And he said, look, we've just brought Andre in. Have an extra week, but you'll be back in the squad next week. It's just keeping me in the loop. So I don't have to think about it myself. I don't oh, is he not picking mm. me because I'm not fit? Oh, does he not like me? And it's yeah. a clear communication is, is, is massive for any player. These guys are telling you. That's skill, the most important yeah. thing as, yeah, as a player. There's nothing worse. Why am I not playing? Why am I not in the squad? So that, you know, I've had managers like that. I've had managers who don't say why you're not playing. Yeah. There has to be a plan for every player and you have to meet the needs mm. of every player that you possibly mm. can. And, you know, I think it helps. He's played the game himself and you can actually keep an eye on things and... Yeah, I think he's destined for, for, for big things. You're hearing lots of stories coming out. I listened to Michael Owen on this mm. programme a few weeks ago and obviously clearly he's spoken to the players. Mm. Uh, there's good noises coming out and the most important thing is the results. And mm. everywhere he goes, he nearly turned it around at Hull. I think he won six out of 18 games there mm. when they were going nowhere. Yeah. Um, he just missed out and he's, he's certainly doing big things here. Uh, there's a few more questions coming in. Uh, Matt says, great performance in the studio and on the pitch by Troy Deeney tonight, uh, a true Watford legend. Uh, Adam asks, who's the toughest team you've played this season? It'd have to be City. Yeah. Obviously, I, it, was, it was a strange game when you look... I've, I'm, a, I'm a weird guy. I watch the games about, like, 20 times and I try and pick holes. And everything. Right. Yeah, I'm, I want to be a coach, so that's what I'm trying to do. And you watch so. it, and you, not your performance, but the whole team. The whole team, team yeah. my performance. I watch what I did bad, mark myself, that kind of thing. And... Uh, Everyone in our team had seven out of tens, but we lost six nil. Yeah. What did you have? Me, I was come on for fifteen minutes. I, I was a minus six. You were a ten. You <laughs> gave yourself ten. No, I was a minus six. <laughs> minus nah. six. No, but um, no, the, like we played really well, but just the way they move, it's very difficult to to close on one side because you've got Kevin De Bruyne might be at right back, but then Kyle Walker's right forward, and you're like, yeah. how do you how do you plan for that? And the way they're playing at the moment is just just frightening. Absolutely, and you saw their result today. Yeah, 7-2 was it? Yeah. 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 This show is all about the fans. We've got a quick message that came in from Watford fan Andy. Andy, all yours? I can't speak! How do you sum that up? Tom Cleverley in the night, something, whatever minute, I don't care. Watford are in the Champions League places. Come on, you want it! 
<laughs> He's not getting carried away. Not getting carried away. Um, and I, I don't blame you for staying out there as long as possible. It was lovely. You gave your shirt to a kid at the end there, and we saw a lovely shot of him jumping up and down with his dad. You were you were the last to, you were the last to leave the pitch tonight. And it, there's a feeling here that something's going on. It's these late goals. They just they yeah. But I'm, to be fair, I'm not giving myself any credit. I do that when we lose as well. I think it's massive. I'm from a normal working class background, so it's expensive to come and watch games. So even if you lose, the least you can do is thank you for coming. If you give someone a shirt, it makes their, makes their, their year, their night, whatever it might be. So we've lost 6-0 to Man City and I'm out there. There's been other nights when we've lost when we should have won and everyone's giving me grief, but I still stay out there. You've got to be able to take it. Good man. Um, and what was, was your boy a, a ball boy or a mascot? No, nah, mascot, yeah. He's, it's going to be a long weekend. He's an Arsenal fan, so he's... Um, <laughs> Yeah. You already know, you know, you just know. I've got a text off him off his iPad already. What's he said? I hate you. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of them. When, of order. Yeah, so when, when Arsenal beat us here last year, he was bragging all weekend how great Giroud is and how bad his dad is. And then, so this time it's my turn. Love that. Your son goes to school to brag how bad his dad is. Oh, he's my worst critic, honestly. Is he? Yeah, he's the worst. Not today. Not today. You're going to go and no, tell him that dad sure. changed the game. Yeah, pretty sure he'll give me uh, a bit of grief. But. It's all good for, and I say I'm just from a normal family and uh, try and raise my. I kids think Troy, the way you know your sort of slow, slower rise yeah. to the top helps you appreciate it all yeah. the more, doesn't it? Yeah, it's definitely. Just... Obviously, I've, everyone knows my bachelor as well. I've had, I've had it taken away from me like that as well for being yeah. stupid. So, yeah, there's, there's a fine balance now. Obviously, I've um, just just enjoy it. Like, life's too short. Like, I'm 29 now. Family are taken care of. My, my nan doesn't have to work. My mum sends me a text. My mum's here today, which is quite nice. She don't normally come to football. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy. You're enjoying it. Yeah, when, when I don't enjoy it, that's when I hang my boots up. It's brilliant. Look, thanks so much for coming up and joining us. I know when you've been out there today, played as well as you have, you do want to go and celebrate and whatever. So we appreciate you taking the time no and for your honesty all. as well. It was great. Uh, we ask our viewers for a three-word match report. We're going to ask for them in a minute. Can you give us yours for what for today? Some Three word. Yeah. Oof. Nervous, brilliant, exciting. There you go. Nervous, brilliant, and excited. <laughs> Three points in the bag. Uh, very quick, few three-word match reports. Uh, Pot and Hornet says Deeney must start. Uh, he's making a good case for it. Lee Thomas, Troy Deeney, class. Liz Williams, season starts today. Who's she a fan of? Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Of course she's a fan of Crystal Palace. Right, uh, let's move on then and talk about the day's early game. Or wasn't the most exciting of Liverpool-Manchester United matches, but this was quite an interesting quote from Jurgen Klopp at full time. He said, Manchester United came here for a point and got it. You could not play this way at Liverpool, but it's OK for Manchester United. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's true. I don't think it would, it's OK for Manchester United under Sir Alex Ferguson to have done that every really? year, all the time. I think they showed a lot more... I get the fact that you go to Anfield and you make sure you don't concede and you make sure you don't lose the game, but I wanted to see a little bit more going forward. It was the same last year, it's the same this year. I think, and I've said it before on numerous occasions, I think there's a number of clubs around the world who have to play the style of football that, we, uh, that they're accustomed to. And I think Manchester United, because of their history and because of their stature in world football, and I go along with Liverpool and Barcelona and Real Madrid and the Bayern Munich, they have to play, for me, in my opinion, entertaining football. And I was not impressed at all by them. They got a point and they'll be lauded for that. And I've got no problem with that. But do I enjoy it? No, of course I don't. I would enjoy watching I would question, just with Maka there, he has to play winning football for me. And I think they could have won the game there today if he'd have played with Rashford and been more direct in the way that they play. They've been brilliant, Manchester United. Mm. But he, on came the handbrake. 
as we saw when he was the manager of Chelsea. I'm in charge of this, of this group, not you. We'll play the way that I want you to play. And I just felt they would miss an opportunity yep. today to go to Anfield and say, do you know what, we're going to be champions. And put that on the mark, yeah. 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 And, and Manchester Because we've been talking about how great they've been and they come across a rival, a team that, I mean, I know Liverpool are not in the top six, but a team that finished in the top four last year. This was their marker this year. City done it to Liverpool at, at the Etihad, winning five. They've met a rival and they just went, boom, we're shutting up shop today. Well, and I, let, I was just disappointed. You, you let the team off, off the leash, really. He could have done and they could have surprised themselves how good they were. And you come away from Anfield, we're going to be champions. And City, what they're doing is, is mm. excellence every week. And you've got to match it. It could be that that's the weekend they've not. They've lost the Premier League. Because you've got to have more goals than City. You've got to win more games than them. And that is that the stakes are really high. These two teams, believe you me, they're, they're running away with the Premier League. And he just decided to have a weekend when he just sat on it. And he really should. If he'd have gone for it, then I think with Lukaku particularly, the one player who's made a huge swing, look what he's done to the team he's left and what he's done for the team he's gone to. And he wasn't really, he was isolated mm. for large parts of this game. I know you're keen to join this conversation and make your point. Let's just very quickly hear from Jose Mourinho because he had a, a right of reply. When I brought Lingard and, and Rashford, was waiting for him to give him more space to counter. But he didn't give me. He didn't give me. Uh, so I know that probably... You think we were defensive and they were offensive? Well, you are at home and you don't move anything? I don't know. I was waiting for that. He didn't. I think he did well, honestly. I think he did well. So that's where Jose Mourinho lays the blame. Uh, this is a tweet from Oliver Kay, who writes for The Times. Totally understood Mourinho playing for 0-0 at Anfield last October when Man U were in a rut and Liverpool were flying. It's harder to understand with situations reversed. That's exactly what you guys have said. Why didn't he go for it? And the other tweet was uh, from Dominic King. Um, in two visits to Anfield as Man United manager, Jose Mourinho's side have had two shots on target in 180 minutes. Zlatan last year, Lukaku this year. Dominic's uh, a Daily Mail journalist. Um, there's, in 51 games between these two sides, there's been three nil-nils. They are the last two games at Anfield. So it's clearly a plan from Jose Mourinho. What do you think of, of Steve's opinion? Well, I, I, it's listen, not the I, way you play football. Uh, you know, I don't think Mourinho's got to explain himself to anybody what he's achieved. Oh. They've scored 21 goals in nine games. Yeah. Liverpool unbeaten at home this season in the league. Battered Arsenal 4-0. Battered Arsenal. Only conceded one goal, that was against Burnley. You know, he can't win. He goes there, he gets a, he gets a point. Anfield, by the way, we're talking about Anfield. OK, they were missing, I believe, their best player, Marnie. They can't defend. Jurgen Klopp attacks teams they, they, and, they, and they can see goals because they can't defend. He gets hammered. So that guy there, he hasn't got to explain himself to anybody. He knows more about football than I'll ever do. He knows how to set teams up better than I ever do. It's winning football. He wouldn't... I couldn't care less. He got a point today and that's fine. Man United's a second in the league. They're far ahead of Liverpool. I've got no problem with him going and getting a point. I couldn't care less what he does. But... Would I be impressed watching it? The answer is, is no. When I've seen, unfortunately for Manchester United and that man there, he's got the great teams of the, of the 90s and the 2000s who just went and demolished teams and went away from home to Chelsea's and the Cities and the Arsenals and fought and won games. But he, he's being more pragmatic he now and I've got no he problem is. with that. But are he's... they going to win the league playing like that? When they down tools and just defend against the top five or six? Well, I certainly don't think so. I think he's got to go for it at every opportunity because mm. City are, are, are that good. good and I yeah. just would have loved to have seen those two teams today going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Go yeah. A proper game of football. Instead, you know, the, we're, 
this game was building to be this huge match and it never really happened and it's a disappointment for the Premier League and it's there. Now when they come to play City, will they be, will they be able to do will that? They, yeah. Will they be able to put their foot on the game in the way that they can? Because this, Chelsea tried to do that and couldn't. So let's see what happens. What, you know, obviously the head-to-heads are going to be important between these two teams. We're not going to write everybody else off in the Premier League, by the way, because you've got Spurs now mm. coming back into it. Looks like Arsenal now <laughs> are certainly out of it, that's mm. for sure. Um, but Manchester United missed an opportunity today, really, to say to themselves. Because yeah. when you go to an Anfield, as I did with Arsenal, and you win there, you start to, it grows within you, oh, we're going to do this. And it's a bit of a damn squib, isn't it, this fixture, certainly. unfortunately. It has, we have a big build-up on, oh, isn't it going to be great? And actually, it's not, because last year was poor. The year before that, I think, United won 1-0, and it was a poor game. It's actually not a great game anymore. They just nullify each other. Yeah. Take that Lukaku had the best chance of the game. Yeah. And if he'd well. have taken it, what would we be saying then? It's time to talk about <laughs> Manchester City. As you can see, they're all excited. So is this person. So, I'm here after the game at the Etihad. I've lost count how many goals we've scored. Well, it was 7 2, an absolute goal fest. We played so well. And it's just, it's not just the goals, it's the way we play, the passing, the way when we've not got the ball, we go and hold the ball down. We do it all. We're a fantastic team. I'm proud to be a City fan. The players should be proud to play for City too. So it's been an absolute fantastic game for us today. Get in, City! That's all I can say. Woohoo! <laughs> Brilliant. I love a bit of Brayden Bent on Premier League tonight. I mean, at the moment, they're the antithesis of Manchester United in terms of the way the way they're playing football, aren't they? They are just brilliant. Yeah, I watched a lot of it. I don't know whether the lads, because they came up to the studio, but, um, you know, they went 3-2 at one stage and you thought, oh, this is getting a bit interesting. And then he just ran down the other end and went goal, goal, goal. Yeah. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne was out of this world and came off, you know, he brought him off just to save him for the, uh, the Napoli game during the week. But they are absolutely frightening at the moment. Talk about options that they can bring on to score goals. Everybody joins in the party some, today. Some of De Bruyne's uh, passes, you, you could almost have a team of engineers out there for an hour looking at the angles that he's producing in a split yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can find gaps and openings that just don't exist. Yeah. He how, really how is. How good amazing. is he becoming? I mean, he's starting to nudge towards that world-class conversation, isn't he? Didn't, yeah. someone, didn't someone say that once? But, yeah. De Bruyne is world class. Yeah, did, yeah. <laughs> Who would that have been? No, I said I wouldn't pay to watch him about two years ago. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, but listen, but listen I'm, not, I'm not allowed to change my mind or get hammered on social media. Oh, now I've said it. I think he's the best midfield player in the world at the minute, this minute in time. Yeah. You know, would you pay to watch him now? Of course. Uh, Martin said, Maka said, yeah, this yeah. passing, some of the passes oh. for those goals today. You listen to the boys on BT Sports Score, I think it was Jermaine Genus's game, saying about his passing. Mm. World class, yeah. best midfield player in the world. The frightening thing is, sorry, Mark, is that they bring a couple of superstars off and then a couple of superstars just walk on and just join in, instantly just join in. There's not like 10 minutes of getting involved in the game. They just come on. And, and they've, they... really, they've really missed Aguero as well, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's coming back shortly. I mean, it is phenomenal. What we're saying. They are taking the game of football yeah. to another level. And we've got the Champions League coming up as well now, haven't we, in, in midweek. And it's really interesting to see how they do on all fronts because yeah. it's a representation of our Premier League. Yeah, and maybe yeah. the Premier League now is getting much better. Well, and can we now game, finally uh, compete against the Real Madrid? We'll see how they are against Napoli because they're playing well, aren't they? They've got a, they've got a game tonight, haven't they, against Roma? But they're playing well. It'll be a different type of game because everybody knows their strengths now, Man Manchester City, aren't they? they well, are and there is a strength. Forward. Benjamin Mendy tweeted, De Bruyne has more assists in one game than most of us in our entire careers. Too good. Uh, 
Incredible. Um, right, you can put your earpiece back in because I'm not sure how useful it is when it's halfway up your head. Uh, and <laughs> well, we back in. <laughs> it keeps popping out. So frustrating. Uh, we need to talk to the engineer about my uh, earpiece. We're such a front. Right, uh, let's talk for the final few minutes of this evening's uh, Premier League tonight, which has been great fun. Uh, we're going to talk about players you really miss. I'll get your thoughts in a moment, but first, as always, it's about you. So which player leaving Leicester City has caused the most problems? Has to be N'Golo Kante. It's been devastating since he's left. I'm a sentimental old soul and I still miss John Barnes. But bringing it up to the modern day, it's hard not to regret letting Harry Kane go as a youngster. What he'd do for Watford up front these days, anyone's guess. Luckily for Watford, we don't need him because Richarlison's on fire. Come on, you odds! Georgie Kinkladzi. What a player that he was. he was. He was my hero back in probably 95 when he first came to City. Two million pound. When you look at that fee now compared to the fees that are going around for a player of his talent, well, you'd probably just be able to buy um, Messi's shin pads with, with, with that sort of figure. Last week, Ricky Lambert announced his retirement from football. And my word, Southampton could do with a player with him right now. It will have to be Marcus Stewart. What a player he was. Easily the best player I've ever seen playing for Huddersfield Town. Flying towards promotion to the Premier League, we went and inexplicably sold him. Town went down to Division 2 and then down to Division 3 after that. We spent 20 years trying to get back to where we were when we sold that guy. So uh, Nate says Stephen Gerrard and Potato says it's Sir Alex Ferguson uh, retiring. <laughs> Potato. That's, you know what social media is like. Um, uh, Steve McManaman says Carpo, the player we missed the most at Liverpool. What, what about you guys? Was there ever a player that you played with and you, you heard a rumour they were leaving or, and you just thought, I can't, I can't let this person go. I've got, to, I've got to keep them here. Christoph Dugri of Birmingham. You know, what that season he comes second in player of the year. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. Did you, try, did you speak with him? And... Um, he tried to, yeah, but, you know, he'd won the World mm. Cup. He came to Birmingham, helped yeah. keep Birmingham up. You know, a legend. And he was that good. He was second in player of the year. For, for me, it was um, Ian Wright because I'd come back to the Arsenal in, in 93, 94 and been a part of such great successes. Yeah. And it was kind of at the end of an era in a way and it was breaking up and he scored all those goals. And it was, yes, Anelka had come in and we knew the successor was there, but it, Ian was like Eddie Murphy in the dressing room. I mean, it was laugh a minute. It was, <laughs> it was, it was great fun to be around. And I, when he left, I thought, ooh, you know, this could yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. We, we were OK. We did all right after yeah. he went, yeah. but it was a great person to be there around. Was no, there was no... Person, I thought I was we were desperate to keep, but like like Martin's just said there, I think the characters in the dressing room, and I always, you know, would, would say someone like Robbie Fowler at Liverpool, yeah. or Stephen Gerrard at Liverpool, or even Jamie Carragher at Liverpool, that character of being, um, you know, a Liverpool-born player in the team, mm. driving the dressing room forward. I think players like that nowadays, John Terry, even at you know at, at, at uh, Chelsea, the lads at Man United, mm. Scholesies, and the Nicky Button, all that. I think they're the heartbeat of the dressing room, and I think they, they're more sorely missed than, than most people, certainly for me. And when you hear that a really good player is leaving your team, leaving your dressing room, how much is it a sort of selfish thought from a player where you're thinking, I, I don't want this guy going because I play in a better team with him? Well, I, I remember the, the Nevilles when Overmars left Arsenal, and they were delighted. I mean, England get together, the guy was saying, thank God he's gone. And that, that's when it hurts you, yeah, you know, yeah. when you lose a player of that calibre. And Mark Overmars was almost as if you never saw him travel. It was like someone picked him up and put him there. He was, he was so quick. Yeah. And out, honestly, an absolute outstanding talent. And one by one, you're losing these guys. And you, can you still be as strong? Yeah. Like Manu Petit was another great yeah, yeah. player. But you, you have to move on and you, yeah. you have to yeah. embrace the next man that comes into play. Talking of moving on, go on, you've got five seconds. What about you as a fan, Norwich? 
Uh, Darren Huckabee. Just Darren Huckabee was just amazing to watch. That's why he's um, got a lounge named after him at Norwich. He has got a lounge end off. Right, very quickly, let me tell you what's still to come on BT Sport, and it is going to be quick. First round draw for the FA Cup proper Monday night. The next weekend, it all revolves around Southampton West Brom. That is it from us. Thank you so much. Gentlemen, thank you for your company. Another great Premier League tonight. See you in a week's time. Take care. Well done. We concede with five minutes to go. Heartbreaking, but ten men, good point. A tough place to go, agree? Agree. I'll explain the suit, black my way into the posh seats today and what a game it was to watch. There isn't much that you can say after a 7-2 defeat. Awful day at the office for Stoke. It's nil-nil, but we live to fight another day and I think it's a step in the right direction today from Liverpool. It's happened at last, Spurs have won at Wembley in the league. It's a new low for Chelsea Football Club. Gutted, really gutted. I mean, just when you think you've seen it all with Crystal Palace, um, <laughs> you realise that you haven't. That's all I can say! Well, thanks for listening to the Premier League Tonight podcast. Join us again for more debate and some laughs next week following our live game from St Mary's between Southampton and West Brom. And please subscribe to ensure you receive each week's podcast direct to your device every Saturday night. And if you enjoy the show, which I'm sure you did, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Thanks. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.